Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ahli Sayyidina Muhammad wa barik wa sallim. Rabbi shahri sadri wa sirli amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. Subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma'allamtana. Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'una wa anfa'na bima alamtana wa zidna ilman wa amala. Allahumma nawur qulubna bi'ilmik. Wasta'amil abdanana li ta'atik wa fiqna lima tuhibbu wa tarda min qawli wal amali wal fi'li wal niyati wal huda. إنك على كل شيء قدير يا وهاب يا وهاب يا وهاب يا فتاح يا فتاح يا فتاح يا جبار يا جبار يا جبار أما بعد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى بعد أن أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين كفروا لا تعتذروا اليوم إنما تجزون ما كنتم تعملون يا أيها الذين آمنوا توبوا إلى الله توبة نصوحا عسى ربكم أن يكفر عنكم سيئاتكم ويدخلكم جنات جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار يوم لا يخزي الله النبي والذين آمنوا معه نورهم يسعى بين أيديهم وبأيمانهم يقولون يقولون ربنا أتمم لنا نورنا واغفر لنا إنك على كل شيء قدير الحمد لله we completed the sixth verse last week up to the sixth verse and focusing on the importance of taking care of our homes the importance of keeping our marriages intact, making sure we look after the tarbiyah of our children, and in fulfilling the command of Allah, save yourself and your families. Again, these are some beautiful verses which within an hour, there's only so much a person can cover. Hopefully this becomes a source of inspiration for all of us to study on our own. And definitely I will uh, encourage you all to reflect and read uh, the, the various tafasir on these verses. Because much, much has been documented, much has been written by ulama under uh, these topics. And specifically on these, on these words, I mean, sorry, specific ayats. You know, ulama have given so much detail on the topic of importance of taking care of the family, importance of raising the children appropriately, importance of tarbiyah of the husband, tarbiyah of the wife. Everything that's related to that, you can find much uh, of that detail in various talks under this verse. Um, the next where we're starting from today Allah Azza wa says Ya ayuhal ladhina kafaru Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Oh you, oh you kafaru uh, Who have this translation is incorrect Ya ayuhal ladhina kafaru Oh you, you who disbelieve right? La ta'tadhiru al-yawm Make no excuses today Make no excuses this day Innama tudzawna Indeed You are only being recompensed Innama gives you the meaning of only you're only being recompensed for all the evil that you had done in the life. In this verse, we notice here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the disbelievers. And this is unique because most of the places where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses people, He's addressing either believers or He's addressing humanity. And in the, in the address of humanity, everyone's included, both believers and non-believers. Men, women, everyone. This is the only verse in the entire Qur'an wherein Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses disbelievers separately. So that's something to you know, consider and to think about. Everywhere else Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses believers separately or humanity generally in which disbelievers are included. 
Because every disbeliever, there's a chance also, if you think about it, for him to become a Muslim. But once there's a group of people, most wretched, who have already now ended up in hellfire, done, with kufr. And they're never going to come out now. They are going to remain within hellfire for eternity. Wow. It's something, just thinking about it, you can spend the whole night thinking about the horror of that. Any of the worst type of situations you may find yourself in today, the worst type of situation, you always tell yourself, hey, you know what, this is short-lived. I'm going to get over this. Right? Tomorrow you have, today you had a bad day. Okay, inshallah, tomorrow will be a better day. Tomorrow you have a very big, um, you know, interview or for many of the students, exams, mashallah. So a person can say, you know what, in three days I'll be done. Friday will be my last exam. Alhamdulillah, relax. There's something to look forward to that what's going to happen after this is over. But for the one who's in hellfire, khalidina fiha abada, there is literally nothing to look forward to. Nothing. There is no silver lining. There's nothing we can say to cheer, cheer them up. Because there is really, is absolutely no hope. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses such people. And He wants them to listen. When it comes to the people of, of, of Iman, for example, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is encouraging all of us in the Quran with people, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanus. O people of Iman, haladullikum ala tijara. Shall I show you a business? You guys like, we all like business, we like to, you know, make some money. Shall I show you a business to njikum min adabin alim, which will save you from the painful torment of hellfire? So this is a business that's going to be, be beneficial to you in the long run. Okay, then Allah says, what is that business? Tu'minuna billahi wa rasooli. To believe in Allah, to believe in the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to sacrifice in Allah's path, bi amwalikum wa anfusikum, with your money, with yourselves. In kuntum ta'alamun, dhari wa khairul lakum. This is better for you if only you knew how everything's going to fall into place. This is far better to give your money and your time for deen. This is the best possible thing. All those people who have wealth, they're spending it in all sorts of places. If only they knew that this wealth that I, Allah has gifted me, man, it will be much better for my own self if I give it in the path of Allah. Because someone may say, I have this money, I want to spend it on a car, I want to spend it on shoes, I want to spend it on clothes, I want to spend it on a home, I want to spend it on a vacation. It's my money. Why, who are you? Why are you, coming, you, know, counting, you know, counting my money? Telling me to give in the path, in Allah's path, etc. Why do I need to give to orphans and uh, widows? And why do I need to give to people who, who do not have what I have? Why do I need to take care of masjids, institutions, and so forth? Allah is speaking to such people. Listen, this is not going to anyone else's pocket. This is going to your pocket. In your pocket of the akhirah. This is really makes more sense. If you care about your own well-being, the smart move would be for you to give in Allah's path. Because... It takes you know, a $300,000 car or $30,000 car. Literally takes one, less than a second to end up in, in one accident. Khatam, finish. Right? The whole thing is totaled. Yesterday I was driving by, all of a sudden I saw smoke just down the street from here. I went to see what's going on over there. It was a normal car parked in, a, uh, in front of a drugstore. Just I don't know what caused it. Just went on fire. The whole thing was engulfed in flames. Right? Massive flames. Instantaneously, uncalled, just like that. This is dunya. It, it, it one second a car is totaled. However many hundreds of thousands or millions they may be finished. And that's why someone said, okay, it comes in a narration, that if you want an investment that will never burn, never drown, and never get stolen, because that's the issue with all our investments. You have a fear of it being stolen. You have a fear of it being burnt. You have a fear of it, if it's some, something that's at sea, that it drowns. Um, being taken away. 
If you want an investment that will be foolproof from all these things, and you could also add recession proof, then that investment is sadaqah fi sabilillah. That once a person gives quietly something, there is absolutely no concept of recession. It constantly keeps on going up and up and up and up. That's the key thing. You know? So khair, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the people of iman there. Number two, Allah says, there's so many of them. Allah says, Ya ayyuhal amanu, O believers, Allah wa rasulahu, obey Allah and obey His Messenger. Do not turn your backs to Him while you're still hearing Him, listening to Him. Do not be like those people who say, Yes, 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 we heard when they're actually not listening. You know when sometimes you're on your phone, looking down, yeah, I got it, I got it. When they actually say, oh, What happened? If you're, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your teacher, whether it's your someone else, you say, What happened? You have no idea. Because we're thinking, we're nodding our head, we're acting like we're present, but we have no idea what's going on. Allah Azza wa says, Do not treat the Prophet like that. That you're acting like you're listening, but you're not. Allah is speaking to us. So the idea is there's a lots of various addresses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the people of Iman in the Quran. And inshallah, this Ramadan, we're going to have a very unique Ramadan here at Darussalam. And hope all of you can join our uh, journey together and be a part of this beautiful community in the blessed month of Ramadan, wherever you are virtually listening in or joining us here in person. Uh, one of the sessions we're going to have um, the, uh, is going to be, I'll mention it right now, that tomorrow there's going to be a detailed unveiling of Ramadan 2024 after Salatul Isha. It's been something, a document and our presentation that's been, been worked on for about six weeks. So uh, I'm very excited to, to uh, get, get, be given the task of presenting it to all of you tomorrow after Salat al-Aisha. I encourage you to please, so much effort, hundreds of hours have been put into it. Please come here in person. It won't take too long, 15 minutes or so. Pray Salat al-Aisha Jama'at tomorrow and join us as we unveil that. Uh, all sorts of things from A to Z, from children's programs, to women's programs, to men's programs, father and son's program, mother and daughter programs, um, you know, after Fajr, after Isha, after Dhuhr, Atikaf programs, all sorts of amazing things we'll be sharing with you tomorrow. But one of the um, highlights of that, um, that I'm just giving you a sneak peek today on, is an entire de- session every day dedicated on the explanation of all those verses where Allah speaks to the people of Iman. All the Ya Yuhalladin Amanus of the Quran. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically speaks to people of Iman. Because inshallah, we're people of Iman, hopefully. So Allah is repeatedly saying, Hey, oh people of Iman, oh people of Iman. But we don't even know the translation. We don't even know the verse. We don't even know what is being asked from us. How are we going to be able to follow through? Think about that. So this is an opportunity for all of us to inshallah connect with the Ya'yul Ladin Amanus, ta'ala of the Quran. So here is very unique. This is Ya'yul Ladin Kafaru. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, speaking to the people of the Kufr. And He says, اليوم, enough is enough. Make no excuses today. No excuses. Do not make excuses because this is the nature of man. He does whatever he wants. He makes all sorts of lies, mistakes, flaws, faults. And then when he gets caught, we come up with an excuse, hoping to get away. And that's how the dunya works. The dunya works on these type of things, you know. You lie, you just, depending on how good of you lie, like someone said, just get a good enough lawyer, you can, you can get away with anything. Murder is nothing. Ten murders also get away with it. You just have, have to have a good lawyer who knows how to lie well and knows how to present your case well. That's it. That's why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa one day, subhanAllah, he said, the gist of what he said was that you sometimes come to me to present your case. One person says, this plot is mine. Another person says, Ya Rasulullah, he's stealing from me. This plot is mine. For example, so they were fighting over a sword, a shield, money, property. 
And then the Prophet ﷺ listens to the proofs of both sides. If they have, one has, one doesn't, whoever has a proof. And then the Prophet ﷺ makes a decision based on who's got stronger proof. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, if any of you walks away after taking my decision, which I made a decision for you, the Prophet himself is making a decision for someone. He says, this belongs to you, go. But it, deep down, you know it doesn't belong to you. Then remember, you're not taking your rightly owned property, you're taking a chunk of the hellfire back home with you. Even though the Muhammad ibn Abdullah salawatullahi alayhi, is saying this is yours, because he says, some are alhanu bi hujjatihi, some have a better way of presenting their proofs. You're slick and sly with your words, you've got a good lawyer. So based on that, we make decisions. And so sometimes, I mean, this is amazing hadith. I mean, we talk about the court system of this world. How can we ever expect that the court system of this world is going to be just all the time? Although they might be sometimes genuinely trying, or many times, or let me hopefully say most of the time, hopefully. But there may, of course, there are times when people are bought out, the judges are bought out, and the cops are bought out, and everyone else is bought out. Um, you know, there's too many examples of that. But even if they're not bought out, they're sincere. You cannot make a decision because uh, one, knowing 100% you're right because we don't have ilm al-ghayb. We don't have this knowledge of the unseen. We'll only try. And in this dunya, even the Prophet ﷺ himself is saying, I'm making a decision based on what meets the eye. This is amazing, isn't it? That if this is the condition of the Prophet ﷺ, he's saying about himself, how do you expect of any other courts? This is a very important thing. Brothers and sisters, listen up. There's a lot of people who are going to courts and claiming things that don't belong to them. And using the law which may support them for whatever reason, but they do not have a shari right for that. The most famous and the most commonly used case, of course, is the case of civil marriage and civil divorce. When in the case of a civil divorce, a female who can claim uh, you know, and use the law of the land to ask for 50% of all assets and a lifelong of monthly, you know, um, alimony and support of all, child support and on top of that her own support and can doctor all sorts of documents which our Muslimat are doing routinely. I hear it all every day I hear it. Today I heard it as well. Today. Doctor documents. Allah is watching. I know those sisters might not be listening but may Allah allow my words to reach them and may Allah allow the hidayah to get into their heart. All those people those oppressors who use the law of the land to um, take up, to, to, to ruin a man's life to such an extent that he never, he gets so burnt prop that he suffers PTSD and says, I'm never going to get married again, which I have. I've seen so many people. So I'm never going to get married again. I am burnt so badly. Everything I've earned for the past, you know, two decades is gone. Lost my children, lost my house, lost everything. And by someone who was so close to me, I never imagined that they would backstab me. I have seen this again and again in our community. Rarely anyone speaks about it. I see a very clear pattern. I see a very clear pattern. All in many of these cases where the women are not the ones who are divorced. They're the ones who demand divorce. The husband is crying. You might have heard me saying this again, but if you're here first time, then listen to me. Because this is, this is a big problem. That subhanAllah, the guy is saying, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I want to make sure, what was the issue that upset you? Sorry, I'll say a million times sorry. The girl says, nope, because she knows this law over here. She knows how it works. She may not even be able to speak English properly, right? She may not have anything to her name besides whatever, whatever she's wearing. Everything, subhanAllah, her husband has given her. A beautiful home, a beautiful car, beautiful everything else. But she knows, she's been taught by the people and she's learned it before she even migrated here maybe. 
that this is how it works in America. 50% of your husband belongs to you. So she's got that. She says, why in the world should I stay as a, as a wife when I can enjoy life 50, for free? Literally, man, you can, if your husband had two million, you get one million within a couple months without even working for it. And then every single month, you're going to be taking money. And now, subhanAllah, why you need, you can just order food every day, hire servants, chill out with your friends. And, uh, you know, if you want to get married, probably not. Like, this is, this is what you, you know, life is nice like this. Um... And so when people, what do you see the common things? That these women will be the one who will be demanding for divorce and the whole family will be begging her not to go for it. See, this makes no sense. Your husband never oppressed you. And he's already, if he'd made a mistake, he's apologizing. Come on. But she won't listen. She won't listen. And she won't listen to her husband. She won't listen to her own parents. She won't listen to her own siblings. She won't listen to the imam. She says, oh, you, you're crazy. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use, uh, what you call? The law of the land. Number two, when they go that way, if she's a niqabi, her niqab will go away. If she's a hijab, her hijab will go away. If she used to wear gloves and jilbab, that's going to go away. If she used to stay away from in, uh, social media, that will all come out of nowhere. I have seen this correlation. These type of women, when they go towards that, you will see literally they strip away of their deen. And so you know I, that this is not just like, oh, someone angry. This is such a shaitanic, demonic action. That same shaitan that's making her turn against her husband and her, her own family, her husband's family and everyone else over nothing, petty issue. And let's resolve it. What, yani, let's talk about it. What's the issue? Nope, I don't want to meet. I don't want to even meet. See you in court. See you in court. Like, what's the issue, my friend? No, we don't want to talk. We don't want to hear. We're going to put cork in our ears. That, along with complete disregard of hijab, disregard of Quran, start dressing up in extremely, like husbands have told me, I see my wife in my court in Nala. So I want to look down because I've never in my life seen my wife dressed so inappropriately. And that also in court, flanked by all sorts of, you know, random men as lawyers she's hiring. That same wife who would say, my dear husband, please do not, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go outside to the store without a mahram, huh? local store. I want, to drive, I want you to drive me. I want to be with you all the time, etc., etc. All of a sudden, what happened? Where's your deen gone? That astaghfirullah, how can you take a picture of our family? Now you got Instagram. You're putting pictures of your makeup. You're putting pictures of your nails. You're putting a picture of yourself. This is happening repeatedly in our community all across. So what is it? It's literally like someone gets rabies, you know? I mean, possessed. Rabies, I'm giving an example, of just been diseased. What are you going to do? They've been injected by some sort of ajib disease that makes them turn against that same person who subhanAllah gave them their whole life, that gave them their love, gave them everything else. Are there not cases of men oppressing women? That you all know about it. Of course there are, across the globe and here. That's an old thing. We've been hearing about it, right? And that's something that we are uh, vehemently against. And I don't need to, it's like, it's like about this. It's when you talk about black people, you know, whatchamacallit, when you hear about, um, when you hear about a crime, that is being, uh, you know, committed by a certain, uh, a certain community, all of a sudden, sometimes the people flip and say, what about the other community? Listen, brother, we're talking about right now black people being oppressed. We're being talking about Muslims being oppressed. Do white people not get oppressed? Of course, they get the news all the time. We're talking about right now African Americans. We're talking about Muslims. So can you please give them 30 seconds? Or as soon as they start talking about it, you got to bring, but what about white people? What about non-Arabs? What about Jews? Why are you all talking about Palestinians? Yes, do Jews get attacked? Of course they do. Is there, you know, anti-Semitism or whatever? Of course. But right now, what, look what we're dealing with, okay? Just can, can you please allow us to give some respect to the 35,000, you know, martyrs? You see what I'm saying? So, you know, the knee-jerk reaction is, what about the guys who oppress their wives? 
Of course that's there. And every other khatib and every other random person speaks about it all day, all night. How many times are we speaking about the women who are oppressing the husbands? No one wants to speak about that. It's, it's the dirty secret that's, that's, that no one wants to talk about it because the husbands themselves feel absolutely helpless, shameless. And they feel like, not shameless, they feel helpless. They say, how am I supposed to tell the community that this was happening to me at my own home? So I'm, I, I'm speaking on behalf of all the men who are suffering in their homes, either those women who have already filed for divorce or those who are um, what you call planning to or those who simply uh, continuously blackmail their husbands to say, you know what, if you act in this manner, otherwise, haha, 50% of your money is mine. 50% of your money is mine. Right? No one else can get it. So those of you who are not married, you got to know this is how it is out there. Right? It's, it's really crazy. So, um, and, uh, uh, you know, the amount and the whole world, of course, the, just like with all the zulm that's happening in the Palestinians and the Palestinians, Muslim brothers and sisters, still it's very hard to find voices across the globe, real voices who've got power to support. Everyone's still saying, but collateral damage, but we try not to kill that many civilians. Like, serious? Is this a joke? Is this satire? What is this? Similarly, we see on this issue that we do not find voices. Um, sitting there and speaking about what's the disrespect, the disregard, the oppression that is happening with husbands in their homes and fathers. So I'm sorry if I upset someone, but honestly, this is one, you got to give me a chance to speak on behalf of, uh, you know, uh, 50% of the world um, that no, rarely people are speaking about. And so now if you're in that situation, what do you do? Allahul Musta'an, may Allah help you. But one thing I'll tell you, it's like I use the word infected, right? This is an infection that speaking, my going to speak is not going to help. Like someone who's become an ex-Muslim, someone who's become an LGBTQ, fall into a transgenderism, X, Y, X, Y. You say, well, Sheikh, can you come to my house since mashallah you spoke about it, I want you to speak to my daughter, my son. Ah, I'm sorry, I won't be able to do that. Unless they're willing to listen. Because more than likely, they've been what I call infected. Once they're infected, then my speech is going to hit on like, like a wall of China, man. It's not going to affect them. Until you do not make some serious dua from Allah Azza wa Jalla to remove the veils from their eyes, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to clean their ears from their corks there, Nothing is going to go. What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, multiple places, deaf, dumb, and blind, and they don't see. Allah says in another place that in Nashara Dawabi and Allah, indeed, the worst animals are those that are summum bukm, that are dumb and deaf and don't, uh, don't know anything. Meaning, uh, they don't, can't listen. You, oh, Ya Rasulullah, you can say as much of bayan lecture you want to these kufar of Mecca, those who are just not listening. They, ju they just don't take benefit from it. It's a spiritual disease. So this is what I am the opinion of, that those type of brothers who, or sisters who are suffering from these type of spouses, a husband or a wife who is acting in this manner, you need some spiritual rectification, spiritual ilaj, some ruqya, some serious athkar to remove uh, whatever type of shaitan has gotten a hold of them. This is a different type of possession. There's one type of possession where a person is screaming, yelling, speaking different languages, may Allah protect us from that stuff. But then there's a different type of possession here. That a person may not be speaking in... in I mean, he's just... You know, have you seen a person like super angry? Not himself? Screaming? Like, whoa, what's wrong with you, man? What happened to you? What do we learn from this? We learn from hadith. This is shaitan. That's what the Prophet ﷺ saw two people arguing. He said, I know something. If, the other, if that man says it, whatever feeling he has will come to an end. And what is that statement? He said, it's A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim. If that man says A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan he will no longer feel what he's feeling. What does that mean? Clearly the hadith speaks about it in multiple places. That anger is, comes from shaitan. 
That's why in, uh, uh, shaitan will try his best to get you in a state of anger and do the craziest things. What happens? Murder happens. Murder-suicide happens. Yeah? In anger. What else happens? A person, subhanAllah, causes a massive amount of material damage, breaks down things, burns down things, out of anger, his own house. Out of anger. His boss's house, his wife's house, his parents' house, Allahu Alam, in anger. A person, of course, gives talaq to his wife in anger. Right? And the, the examples are many. So the idea here is that just like anger comes from shaitan, similarly this level of disobedience to the man who, who loves you, cares for you, and takes care of you, and once he may get angry, this is also shaitan. And that mom and dad, I give an example of the mom and dad, how much love mothers and fathers give to their kids. But today, you say one thing, see ya, the kid's out. He says, I'm out. There's so many children who have left their homes. So many who are planning to leave their homes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect our wives, protect our children, protect ourselves. My beloved brothers and sisters, we are living in a very tough era. Very tough era. It's crazy. The hadith of Dajjal, the Prophet mentions that when Dajjal will come, he will put on his show everywhere. Like you have the carnival that goes around in the summer to different towns every weekend, weekdays too. So similarly, Dajjal will come in my explanation. Of course, the word carnival is not mentioned there. He'll come and put on shows across the globe. But this carnival show will end in 40 days. You'll have covered the entire world. And when that carnival show comes, what happens? Your kids say, oh, Baba, can we go? Mom, can we go? Everyone wants to rush. Right? Wants to go there. It's like the, the, the cotton candy is cheap, super expensive, absolutely unhealthy. The other juices there, they're selling their useless junk stuff. Right? Super expensive, unhealthy. Everything there. The, these Ferris wheels, super slow. <laughs> but the kids get excited. Everything else that's there. But little kids like that stuff because it's the lights. The lights, the action, the music, it's so exciting for the kids. So it comes in a narration that the Dajjal will come and put on a show. And the children of the home and the women of the home, of the, even the pious men. Of course, lots of Fusak Fujar men will run towards him. But even the pious men who are, mashallah, sitting in the masjid, for example, but they have, they have not closed the doors and the windows of their home. So the virus has infected their wives. The wives, virus has infected the kids. They also, as I said, many of the men themselves, of course, most of them will be infected too. But even those who are not infected themselves, if they didn't take care of their homes, the virus got to their homes. So now, they'll tell their husband, they'll tell their dad, can we please go see the show? And they'll say, no, 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 this is, this is Dajjal, this is all fake, this is not just, this is not a circus, this, you go in there, Whoever looks towards it will fall into it, man. Don't, don't. This is a big fitna. And he will try to grab his kids, grab his spouse. But they will try to break the hold of the husband, break the hold of the father, and say, no, 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 we're going to come back. We're going to come back. And as it mentions in the narration, the one who goes there, you're never going to see him back again. That's just how it is. It's going to be so enticing. SubhanAllah. We're seeing that today. The people are losing their sons. Hafiz sons, Hafidah sons. Those who studied some deen, they're losing them. And you're like, what happened to you? Something's going on. It's something's in there. Brothers and sisters, listen up, wake up. I'm, I am, uh, you know, not hallucinating. I'm telling the truth. That there is something in the air that is affecting millions of people. And we're not realizing it. And we're losing, our kids are dropping. Our spouses are dropping. This all of a sudden, someone who's so practicing overnight is losing his practice and says, I'm out. Not only that, I'm not gonna practice deen, I am gonna leave the house. And you say, Brother, my dear son, you don't want to wake up for salah? Okay. 
Who told you to leave the house? You have a problem with reading Quran? Don't read Quran. Who told you to leave the house? My dear daughter, you don't want to wear hijab? No problem. But who told you to leave the house? Why are you deciding to leave the home? Because once a person, our ustads have told us, no matter what the issue is, make sure your kids stay at home. No matter what they're involved in. Because outside is definitely worse than inside. One day you can have some hope. You can, you can read Quran for them. You can do ruqya for them. You can do something for them. Once they're out of the house, what are you going to do? You have no idea where they are. You don't know where they're staying. But this is the issue that we're dealing with right now. And please, if, let's not wait till it's too late. Once the cat is out of the bag, most of us have nothing to do to help. And I say this knowing that any one of us sitting here, from me to you, any one of us could be next. It's so scary. May Allah protect us. May Allah protect our homes. May Allah allow us to understand what I'm saying and, for, and allow us to have deep understanding of this issue. May Allah utilize all the means that are disposal to help us. And I know I have help, hope in the mercy of Allah. Allah will never put us through a test without giving us a method of addressing it. There's no disease without a certain type of medication. So this fitna, there has to be, there has to be, there has to be medication for it. And one of the medications is Surah Al-Kahf. Reading of Surah Al-Kahf every single day. And pondering over Surah Al-Kahf every day. And reflecting over Surah Al-Kahf, practicing on his teachings, you know, making, drinking over it with the ruqya. Yeah, what I mean by that? Reading with the niyyah of shifa, reading with the niyyah of protection. What, after you finish reading it, blowing it on water and drinking it, like we do for Surah Al-Baqarah, like we do for Nas. Similarly, Surah Al-Kahf, if not the entire surah, then at least the first 10, the last 10 every day. And, and then at least once a week, all, all of it. But the way things are going, we should try to do every day, all of it, if Allah wills. Yani it's about 20 minutes. 15 minutes might take you if you finish reciting it. That's a goal that all of us should keep. If you have not memorized it, dear brothers and sisters, try to make the goal for between now and Eid. Between now and Eid, if you say, if you do two lines, two, three lines a day, you'll be done. Two, three lines a day. If he doesn't do it by Eid, okay, no problem. By Eid al-Adha. Make a goal. It will happen. Just make a goal. Between now and Hajj. Between now and Eid al-Adha, I'll get it. But start somewhere. Surah Al-Kahf is one thing that we cannot leave behind. And this is the surah that has been told as the protection from Dajjal. And you're going to have the fitna about this as well. One brother today came and told me, he said, Sheikh, I have a Sunday school, Saturday school or Sunday school teacher in my community who just taught all the kids that there's no such thing as Dajjal. Because why? It's not mentioned in the Qur'an. I said, of course, he's, this person is a rejecter of hadith. That's why he's saying, he said, yes, you're right. He says, I only believe the Qur'an. What should I do? I said, you're going to have to tell the people who run in the school, but unfortunately, the people who run in the school, Allahumma adim, most of them don't care, and most of them don't have any knowledge. They have no knowledge, and they don't care. Like, just got to fill up the classes, ya What are we going to show? Ramadan is coming. We're going to show we don't have teachers? We just got to fill it up. So the knowledge base of those who run a lot of the Sunday, Saturday, Sunday schools or even other schools is very weak. And we're not people of principles. That I don't care, we don't need to run a school. We have to have good teachers, otherwise close it down. How can we sit there and t- teach wrong things from the masjid? But this is a fitna. And here I have in front of you, mashallah, every single Tuesday, we showcase some of the books that are available here at the Darussalam bookstall. And this today, mashallah, it happened to be on my desk and I just saw it here. It's called The Authority of Sunnah. This is a beautiful book by Mufti Taqir Uthmani, which he presented as a paper October 1989 in Chicago. 
MashaAllah. October 1989, there was an international Islamic conference in Chicago. And this is where he presented this paper. And so this gives us the proof of how, what is sunnah, what is the hadith, the scope of prophetic authority. Such an important topic. This is one of the Dajjali fitnas. Think about it. Obviously Dajjal is going to try to, Dajjali fitna means things that happened before Dajjal. If everyone believes in hadith, how is Dajjal going to show up? Because why? Everyone will be reading Surah Al-Kahf. Everyone's going to say, ah, there he is Dajjal. I looked up all the attributes in hadith. There he is. My ustad, I shared this with you in the tafsir of Surah Al-Kahf. That he had asked us in class, why, what is the reason why Dajjal is not mentioned in? Is it mentioned in Surah in Quran or not? Mona Shabir Sahib Damad Barakatuh would ask this. So we looked around, we looked around, so why, if it's not mentioned, why not? So one of the, uh, one of the answers is that, yomayati ba'du ayati rabbik. And some other verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the signs of Allah before the day of judgment, Dajjal is one of those signs. And the others say though it clearly is not mentioned. Of course, no one can disagree that Dajjal, the word, is not mentioned in the Quran. Is he been alluded to? Yes, through Ba'du Ayati Rabbik and verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the signs that will come before the day of judgment. Okay, why if he's the biggest fitna that no that in, that the world has ever seen, why is he not mentioned in the Quran? And what was the answer for that? Did anyone remember? Does anyone remember? What is the answer? We talked about it in the tafsir of Surah Al-Kahf, those of you who are around. That's very good, mashallah. It not being mentioned in the surah is a test itself. You're seeing it happening right now. You have these mass groups of people saying hadith. You think, you think the new hadith version that's coming out of Vision 2030, the new revised hadith that's coming out, which I've spoken about multiple times, what do you think has happened about all the hadith of Dajjal? I don't know, but I bet you it's not going to be in there, all the detailed description. That's, it's just counterintuitive for the work they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So you have, you have to remove certain things. So subhanAllah, all those people, if they had all the attributes of Dajjal mentioned in front of them, then they'll say, oh, this is a, this is a, this is a warning. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as a bigger test, has not mentioned it in the Quran. Wow, that's a deep thing. Because you actually see it happening within you, in front of you. I remember I gave a talk not too far from where we're sitting today. I gave a talk in Juma like 12, 13 years ago. And about Dajjal. And I always came out of the masjid wearing my shoes at the shoe rack. An uncle came up to me and sarcastically came and said to me, Acha, aapne bayan diya, Quran ki si ayat mujhe That's what he asked me. Okay, and of course I knew what he was trying to say. Right? He says, Masha, you spoke about Dajjal. Tell me which ayat of the Quran is, does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak about Dajjal? And I said, No, he's, Quran. I said, Allah Azza doesn't mention the Quran. Acha, acha, tike. Jazakallah khair, shukriya. Right? He says, Okay, no problem. Thank you, lift. I said, Uncle, listen. This is the part, what you're doing right now has already been prophesied by Rasulullah himself. Authentic hadith of Sahih Bukhari, where Rasulullah said, What's going to happen? That one of you is going to be sitting on his couch and he's going to be saying, I'm going to only practice what the Quran has, and that's sufficient. I don't need anything more than the Quran. Right? This is exactly what you're doing. You're manifesting all the prophecy. I have more yaqeen in the veracity of the Prophet by meeting you. Because this is exactly what you're doing. And that's exactly how Dajjali fitna is going to spread. When he comes, there will be very few people who will be holding on to hadith. Very few people who have memorized and uh, you know who will have hadith in front of them. Most of it is going to be digitalized and overnight probably wiped out and corrupted. How easy is to corrupt a file? How easy to corrupt the website? There's a famous, you know, mo, uh, there is the yani we, we, we read. That's why when we read PDFs here in the madrasa and stuff and so forth, many times we'll see such major major flaws 
So I cannot tell you, man. The cra- like, what? How is this? Look, right now, you, didn't you just see, oh, you who? What? What is this? They disbelieve, man. You know, it's a mistake. Human error from disbelief again belief. But if you don't know the kafaru, you say, oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, you says, oh, the believer is going to be get caught. Oh, so the believer is going to get caught on the day of judgment. I mean, I'm just saying that's a human error. But to tell you, if you have intentional people working with mal- malicious intent, people working with malicious intent to cause to sow seeds of, dis- of, of discord and confusion within the Muslim ummah, I, I mean, imagine the damage you can do. Damage you can do. We have such a crazy, emph- Allahu Akbar. This is why Hifdul Quran. It's such an amazing gift to this ummah. If all of it was just written, and if we did not have an oral tradition, we would be completely lost. It's the fact that we have a tradition that is, alhamdulillah, based on memory of thousands of people. This is why our deen is protected. So digitalization in one way is good, but beloved friends, understand that we need people who a heartization of it, huh? <laughs> memorization of it. Meaning they gotta preserve it in the heart. They gotta preserve it in the mind. That's what it is. If if we are gonna have a, a generation of smartwatch tarawi boys and girls leading tarawi, looking at smartwatches, what's gonna happen? You have these tahajjud Qurans. Have you all seen it? In many masjids, they have tahajjud Quran. One is the big Quran they used to read from. Manually, the Imam reads in tahajjud and he reads from it. Flip the paper, flip the page. You know, like that. But now. They've got, I saw one shit, they have a huge Tahajjud Quran or Tarawih Quran, but it is a digital copy and he's got the button on his fingertips. So he's sitting, it's like a big screen, it's like a big, um, what do you call this, laptop or whatever, large, but standing in front, he's looking and just pressing the page button, you know, and just next, next. One, one place not too far away from here, just last Ramadan, they said they tried to find a Tarawih Imam. They couldn't find it, they couldn't find it, Ramadan was starting. They just needed someone to complete 20 rakats. Eventually, they found a mu'adhin from another masjid who said, They said, We'll pay you $4,000. He's like, Yeah, for $4,000, I'll come, but I don't know, I'm not Hafiz. <laughs> he says, Okay, no problem. Just have the Quran open in front of me, I'll just read it. So he's to come, 20 rakats, he just read the Quran, you know, from there. The people think this, this is like, okay, but the problem is this exactly how we're going to lose the Quran. When we start depending on digital things and we stop focusing on memorization. And we start saying, brother, this is the Apple era. This is the iPhone and smartphone era, smartphone watch era. Come on, man, chill out, relax. This is exactly what happens. When we, Allah forgive me, honestly, I'm, I'm no different. I'm in fall into this fitna. I'll tell you, 2006 or 7, I saw a scholar giving a talk off of his phone, like, you know, notes. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, my God, I can't believe it. This is so despicable. He was giving a talk while looking at his notes off his phone. And I remember that day. I'm like, then slowly I saw people starting giving the khutbas and, and so forth. When we were, you know, before, what was it? You have to write the khutbah and you have to memorize the khutbah. The Arabic khutbah, for example. You memorize it because you just feel guilty going up reading off a paper. But at least you, before you read off the paper, now you got, you know, everyone's on their phone. I have my phone here. I'm not reading off of it right now, but I'm just saying, usually, you know, I have that. That's why I'm saying I fall into that problem. But honestly, if you, if you have a chance, please don't. Try to have actual physical copy of everything. Try to actually memorize things. Try to actually not depend on these things. Imam Ghazali, uh, who is it? Which, which scholar was it? Imam Ghazali, rahmatullahi I'm forgetting. One of the scholars, the famous story of the thieves, right? <laughs> Where he had gathered everything, he had written everything, and one day the thieves, they thought he had, he had some money or whatnot, and they decided to rob him. And they robbed all his books, and robbed all his bags, only to find in it that there was nothing of worthy for them. And it was just books 
So they, they got so upset, they said, man, there's nothing we want, and they dumped it. They threw it into the river. So he began to cry. He said, oh, and so why are you crying? It's because you threw away all my ilm. So the thieves told him, what use is this knowledge that you lose it if we throw it into the river? What, is that called knowledge? Knowledge is what you memorize, not what you have in your books. Subhanallah. <laughs> Wisdom is a lost item of a believer. He is more worthy and deserving of it wherever he finds it. You can find hikmah and wisdom from a thief as well. He said, No, that's it. From now on, I am never going to depend on my what I write. I'm going to memorize. Memorize. So there is there has been uh, a lot of uh, research done recently that, that regarding people who type notes and write notes. Type notes and write notes. And they're saying those who write it, their retention of it is far greater than those who type it. Okay? Uh, you can definitely find it out there. You can type and search online and you'll find the answer to that. <laughs> so now those of us who are writing, many of us say, brother, we have seen a lot of benefits in, 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 in taking digital copy and writing it in our, in our pads and iPads and this and that. Okay. But brother and sister who is doing that, then... Please memorize it. You know this whole idea, let me just record the bayan and I'll listen to it after. No one listens to it. You're going to retain it. But if you sit in front and you say, okay, this is it. This is do or die. I better retain what I'm listening to. Take a few notes. and not, I mean, There's no recording of this talk. You'll see how everyone will know it. It's when we depend on video recording, audio recording, this and that. Then what's happening, it's all being recorded on the cyber, or what you call this, uh, clouds. But nothing is it's in the cloud. It's it's in the, in the wind, in the air. It's not in the heart, it's not in the mind. Amal to durki baat. Action is number two, way far away. Action is far away. We haven't even gotten into our mind yet. You gotta first get into your mind, from your mind to the heart, heart to the whole body. When's that gonna happen? So we are, these type of movements that are happening across the globe are things that people get excited about. But you kind of start seeing how the pieces fall in, how the pieces of the puzzle are falling into place for the world to end. And how Rasulullah spoke about that the Quran will be lifted. He said, A night will come. One night, the entire Quran, Yusra ala kitabillahi layla. One night, the entire Quran is going to be lifted. And you wonder, how is that possible? We have hundreds and thousands of hufaz. Is everyone going to suffer all of a sudden amnesia, right? Uh, like partial amnesia? They get up and say, Allah the Quran? No. Soon, what's going to happen is the hufaz, the number of hufaz, a real hafid, the one who he can wake up in the middle of the night and you can ask him to read from anywhere in the, in the Quran, he can read without making mistakes. They don't make them as they used to, they say. And I'm telling you over here, honestly, they don't make them as they used to. The hafad, subhanAllah, of the past were solid, right? But today, because of all the digital fitna and the cell phone fitna and this and that, everyone is in the emphasis on dunya, emphasis on school. I spoke about it last week already. And mashallah, enough. I don't want to go beat up, beat the dead horse. But, you know, all of that what happens is creates weakness in the memorization. And when you have slowly no one to correct the Qur'an uh, and give it another however many thousand years or however many hundred years, you can imagine that slowly everyone's gonna stop memorizing and focusing on... Now chips, then they already start installing chips? Yes. Why should we take out two and a half years from school? Just go buy the chip and install it. You become Hafiz. I, it's gonna happen. It has to happen. This is exactly what's happening right now. Every single, you already got the glasses, right? That are, uh, that are hooked up with the cameras that can do all kinds of stuff. Searching, right? I just saw. Vision Pro. Yeah. 
Right? You, you look at something, ask what it is. It tells you, right? He looked at a plant, I saw the demo of it, asked what a plant, and start reading of what it is. SubhanAllah, like why do you need... Everyone says, why do we have... Mother? The people, when they go to the library, they say, why do you have... I hope everything is digital. Why do you need books? These are the people going to bring the end of the world. This mentality. This mentality that we don't need this. So when you say, why do I need Quran? I have, I have my glasses, I have my earpiece, and I got my chip. If you say, Shaykh, what ayat is about this? My earpiece already heard what you just said. And automatically I'll hear, I, the verse will be recited to me. And maybe in the voice of Mashari, my voice will also come out. And I'll just read it out. D- done deal. This stuff is not far away. Is it? Is not far away. So now you understand this hadith. That in one night, it will come on the book of Allah, that the entire book of Allah will be gone. Meaning it digitally, it will be erased. Gone. From all the servers. From you know, the cloud. Quran is gone. That's not hard. The only people who will be having the Quran are the people who didn't depend on that. Who focused on the good old memorization. The good old sit by the shaykh and study. The good old, I'm going to write notes, take notes, sit on the floor and listen to my teacher. Whose knowledge was not based on uh, e-learning and what you call this uh, YouTube and whatever, cyber, you know, all this other stuff. Those good traditional methods is what will save the ummah. I'm not taken away from good usage of these things. But my brothers and sisters, we cannot become dependent on them. Because we are putting ourselves on crutches. Go back to the original, original method. SubhanAllah. So we, just, we spoke about many things right now. But uh, going back to where we were yani, addressing, <laughs> uh, the idea is that this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning to the disbelievers the fact that you, your choice of your chance of giving excuses is over. You did that in the dunya. You lied about it in the dunya. Today, you're not going to be given that choice. Now, what is kufr? Kufr comes from satr, right? Kufr means kafir is satr. Kafir, kufar is a farmer. Also meaning kafir, farmer. Because a farmer covers up the seeds in the ground for it to germinate. Similarly, kafir is also covering up the existence of Allah. He's covering up the blessings of Allah. Now imagine, if, if, if a little child, if I told my son, young one, hey, give me, give me that candy. And he says, and he, says, he puts his hand behind his back, I don't have any, I don't have any. What does that mean? What does that mean? Of course he has it. Why else would he put his hand behind his back? That means he has it. The fact that you're covering something means, you have it. So in reality, the kafir who is covering up, or trying to cover up Allah, in reality, what is he doing? He... He is proving the existence of Allah subhanAllah. What an amazing point that Allah Masha'arawi writes. That a kafir in reality is proving the existence of Allah because he's hiding it. And you only hide something which also exists. So the fact that you are hiding it means you deep down you know this is the truth that Allah does exist. Now Allah Azza wa Jal mentions the different types of kafir. One kafir, the worst one, is the one who was blessed with iman and then he chooses to turn his back. Indeed, those who disbelieved after becoming believers, after they had iman, they turned to turn their back against Allah. And then they increased in their kufr. Their tawbah will never be accepted at all. Then there's also another very horrible type of kufr is a person who does kufr. And then he doesn't stop there. He says, I am also not going to allow anyone else to remain a believer. I'm going to push them towards kufr. That's the issue with the ex-Muslim movement. 
It's horrible because not only did they leave Islam, they tried their best to now make effort on others. Big problem, my friends, big problem. Many of our youth are being affected by this because they're hanging around with people who've left Islam and then they are poisoning their minds. Right? They're poisoning their hearts and their minds with these type of doubts. So you have to be careful who your children hang out with. Just because he's a daisy brown guy or girl and wears certain type of cultural clothing, Islamic clothing or whatever, does not mean they have iman. And we don't know what they're hiding inside. And if they are hanging out with our kids, then naturally they're going to be also infecting them with these type of doubts. Subhanallah. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us parents to be wary and smart and be able to read the signs before things go out of hand. I mean, Allah Azza wa says that He will never accept Tawbah from such people. Indeed, those people who did kufr, وَمَاتُوا and then they died kufar in a state that they were disbelievers. An earth full of wealth and gold will never be accepted from them if they desire to give all that ransom. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that he, he, he will speak to the disbelievers and he'll say, أَكَفَرْتُمْ بَعْدَ إِمَانِكُمْ Did you choose to become disbelievers after you had become Muslim? فَذُوقُ الْعَذَابِ Then taste the punishment which you became disbelievers of. Allah Azza wa tells the believers, do not become impressed, do not get scared, by how the disbelievers act in this dunya. He says in Surah An-Nisa, one of the final ayats, لَا يَغُرَّنَّكَ تَقَلُّبُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فِي الْبِلَادِ مَتَاعٌ قَلِيلٌ ثُمَّ مَأْوَاهُمْ جَهَنَّمْ وَبِئْسَ الْمِهَادِ غَرَّ يَغُرُّ means to deceive. لَا يَغُرَّنَّكَ تَقَلُّبُ تَقَلَّبُ means to turn around. What does that mean? Three explanations ulama have given. One is, تَصَرُّفُهُمْ فِي التِّجَارَاتِ Do not allow the amazing success of the disbelievers in business to deceive you. Man, look at that, look at that non-Muslim. He's, doing it. He's making millions, he's making billions in XYZ. Of course, we know that. But do not become impressed by that. Do not become dis- dis- uh, deceived by that. Number two, تَقَلُّبُوا لَيْلِهِمْ وَنَهَارِهِمْ وَمَا يَجْرِي عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النِّعَمِ How they enjoy walking around day and night and, and enjoying burning off the blessings of Allah. You know, driving around the night with their fancy cars, driving around the day with this, that. So there's just movement around you. Do not become impressed by that and say, man, I wish I had that. Number three, They're walking around being not caught and arrested and punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. After, what's happening today? Look at the loom that's happening. Yet, they're, they're not choking. The, the dhalimin are not choking on their food. Allah is allowing them to enjoy it. Wine and liquor and food and men and women and everything else. Life is normal with all the vun that they're doing. Do not look at the vali means enjoying life to think that oh, we're not on the truth. This is all part of the plan. This is an enjoyment for a few days. Their final abode is hellfire. What a horrible place to return to. What a horrible place of rest. So these are the various ayats Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to the disbelievers in the Qur'an. So now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in another place, He speaks about the communication that's going to happen about, about uh, the, the blame gaming. You know, blame game. You've heard me read these in, in various other tafasi, nights as well. Surah Al-A'raf, Allah says, حَتَّى إِذَا دَارَكُوا فِيهَا جَمِيعًا until when they all pile up, pile up, Allah will allow them to keep on piling, piling. Now they're all piled up in hellfire. Millions and billions of kuffar. 
قالت أخراهم لأولاهم. The last ones will say, scream out to the first ones. ربنا, oh Lord, how لا يضلونا? These are the ones, ya Allah, who misled us. أخراهم لأولاهم. The ones who come later will say about the first ones. These are the ones who misled us. فاتهم عذاب الضعف من النار. Ya Allah, please give them double the punishment. We're already burning. I know you're upset at us. So we're not going to get out of here. We got that. But at least please give these guys double. Allah says, no, no, not only are you going to give them double, all of you are going to get double. There is a sense of enjoyment even when you're in extreme pain to see someone who you blame to go through more pain. See what I mean? Allah will not allow them to even get that little teeny tiny trillionth of enjoyment in hellfire. He says, since you're asking, I'm going to give you all double. وَلَكِنْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Subhanallah. Everyone's going to get double. In Surah Saba, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala The upper class, the arrogant ones, the leaders will tell the lower class, the peasants, the peons, the guys who are actually the followers of the influencers. Okay? So the influencers are speaking to the followers. Wallahi, brothers, lose the, use the word I just said. Apply it. Influencers speaking to the influenced ones. The craze that influencers have today. Oof. It's crazy. The business world. Just because some random person online comes, he gets paid a thousand dollars and he says, I love these socks. I love this cosmetic. I love this chicken wing. Done. The whole, there's no space. The whole store is filled with people trying to buy. What was that craze recently on, what was it? In Target? Stanley Cups. Stanley Cups. I mean, I like Stanley. We've been using them for a long time. Whenever time we used to go to South Africa, we used to gift it to our teachers. It comes with a lifetime warranty. MashaAllah. I'm not getting paid, by the way, by Stanley for this. But it's great. Lifetime warranty. My teachers love it. 20 plus years, they still have it. And sometimes they'll send me a picture and say, okay, this one's gone bad. I said, no problem. Send it with someone, I'll get you a replacement. Right? But, but now, what was the craze? Someone, I don't know where it started off. Some influencer said something. And now people are stealing, right? There's been crazy, people are filling up their trunks with it. I don't know what, I didn't even read how it started. But I'm sure somewhere some influencer started it. This is what I'm speaking about. This is the, also going to lead to the Dajjal business because all the influencers will be following Dajjal. Right? And so the influence people, 200 million, 50, 500 million, they'll say, okay, if the influencer is doing it, it's good for us. Now look at this conversation. The influencers will say to those who are influenced, Anahnu sadadnakum. Why are you blaming us? Did we stop you from guidance? After guidance came to you? No. Yeah, we, do, we chose to lead a life that's not good. Who told you to follow us? You all yourself are the transgressors and sinners. So now, the influenced ones will speak to the influencers, the ones who have been made, is literally translated, the ones who have been made weak and oppressed. will say to the powerful ones, No. It was the plotting of the day and night of yours. If that Muruna, when you literally ordered us to disobey Allah and Nakfura Billah, and to ascribe partners to him. This we would say, no, you planned the logarithms. You made it such. You made sure those websites were, came in front of us. You made sure that we became addicted to social media. Two weeks ago, the CEOs of, of, of TikTok and some other famous you know, social media app. Um, what you call uh, apps were brought in and they were grilled by in the Senate in the Congress and uh, what, what came out the fact that how all these social media apps have been literally designed to become addictive designed by nature someone was telling me and I read it as well that when in China the same apps 
As soon as you download it, the first thing you're going to find is a, a, a video on math, a video on history, a video on, on, on English or something, whatever, something beneficial. And over here, you find the most disgusting, most fahish thing as soon as you download it. Unless you have to go, and I don't know how to do that, but probably, I'm sure those who have these video apps, they know, you got to go somewhere into the settings and whatnot and go put on a filter and a block, which the vast majority of the people do not do. So as soon as you download it, all you see is triple X-rated stuff. So that same app that's built by them, for all America, that's what they've done. For their own country, as soon as you open it, you're going to find a video on something educational. But then there, that's a different story. That's another thing. But the idea is the fact that they are intentionally making it addictive. You know how hard it is to d- delete Facebook. Some of you listen to the talk, say Ramadan is here, chalo, let me, let me try to delete my social media. After I've been speaking, you know, no tech retreat, we had it. Let me try to get rid of social media, right? If you did not attend the no tech retreat, I encourage you to please attend, listen to the talks. All of them, alhamdulillah, have been, been posted online. But the importance, I gave also one of the final post-Asr talks and the main things to take away from the retreat. Inshallah, try to, try to listen to that as well as the, all the other guest scholars, ulama who spoke, mashallah. Uh, but if a person wants to d- delete it, it beca- makes it so hard. The colors themselves are so addictive. Just to find delete sign. And then are you sure? Are you sure? And then he'll keep on sending you emails. Brother, the guy is an addict. If you keep on sending him emails every single day, enticing him, how long is he going to resist it? Are you sure you want to leave us? Can we get you back? That's what it is. So even if a person deletes it, it still will remain active for about 90 days or so. Huh? Uh, 30, it was 90 before. They changed it now, 30? Okay. Right? And uh, so it, it, this, is the, this is what I'm trying to tell you is that Bal makru layl. You see how I'm giving the tafsir of this ayah now? Bal makru layl. You're telling us you didn't force us? Please. You planted all of these apps and all this haram all around us. You made, you made sure that we feel bad if we carry around an iPhone 14 because we feel like we're outdated. We have to buy the 15 and then we have to buy the 16 and we have an old Samsung what, 21, I don't know, whatever it is. We have to buy the next one. This is part of the whole marketing scheme all around us. It's so detailed and it's so encompassing. This is exactly, subhanAllah, it makes so much sense what Allah is just saying. It's good. They're gonna say, you're plotting day and night. Yeah, you didn't put a gun to her head to say become kafir and become fahish, but you did, you knew what you were doing. And you played the game very well. And we were simple, innocent consumers. We had no idea what was behind all of this. SubhanAllah. At the end of the day, both know that they're not getting out. So now what are you going to do? They're going to hide their remorse. They don't want to show the other guy that I'm sad. See? They don't want to show the other person, the guys who caused it, the ones at the top, they don't want to show the, the influenced ones that they're also suffering. And the influenced ones don't want to show the influencers that they got them. Subhanallah. They are going to hide their remorse. When they will come face to face with the punishment. Allah says, we'll put big chains around the necks of the disbelievers. Allah says, are they being punished except in the manner that equivalent to the actions of theirs. Subhanallah. So there is so much more on just the disbelievers that Allah subhanahu wa speaks about. The idea here, this is the only verse in the Quran. Allah clearly says, Ya ladina kafaru, because these are the people who are not coming out of Jahannam. There's no chance of them being a believer. And so Allah addresses them and says, now it's too late. Ya ladina amanu tubu. Now Allah subhanahu wa notice here, Allahu Akbar. Ya ladina amanu. First ayah, yes. Ya ladina what is it? Kafaru. Then Ya Yuladina? Amanu. Ulama say, even in this regard, Allah has put Ya Yuladina Kafaru between two Ya Yuladina Amanus to give Ya Yuladina Kafaru some hope that, listen, man, make Tawbah. 
Make tawbah in this dunya when you have a chance. Before this day comes, when you will be told there is no excuse will be accepted. This is the rahmah of Allah for the disbelievers here that He placed them. He placed the verse referring to them between two verses referring to the people of iman. Now, although the, the, the disbelievers are the ones who are the ones who have to repent from kufr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the believers as well. Ya amanu tubu ilallah. Oh, you who believe, you repent to Allah with a most sincere repentance. What is the most sincere repentance? <sighs> Subhanallah. This is again an ayah that you can spend hours on. So much has been written on Tawbah naturally. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse here, He says here that you need to repent a Tawbah nasuha. Now there's one word nasuha and one word um, Nusuha. Nasuha is when a, a, a person repents such a repentance that he plans to never go back to that. So it is an attribute of tawbah. Tawbah al nasuha, it is nasuha, is a sifa of tawbah. And nusuha, bidham al nun, it is the attribute of the ta'ib, the repenter. Nusuha is an attribute of a repenter. It means that person who is sincere in his repentance. So a person who is sincere means he makes, full, he makes a full intention never to go back to his sin. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking to all of Iman, people of Iman. Tubu, repent. Can, what do we learn from this lesson? What's one thing that comes to your mind when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling to the people of Iman, repent? Huh? I'm sorry, what was that? Yes, exactly. Believers will commit sin. This is not Ya Ulavina Aslamu or the people of Islam. Ya Ulavina Amanu or the people of Iman. You already, mashallah, a person of Iman. This is not a small thing. Like those Bedouins who came in Surah Hujarat, Allah Azza says, the Bedouin said, We are people of Iman. Allah says, No, 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 you're not. Say you are simply people of Islam. You're not yet. Iman has not even entered your heart. So that's a different group category. Allah in Ya'yul Ladin Amanu is speaking to the people of Iman. And yet He says, Tubu ilallahi tawbatan nasuha. So this gives us hope that people of Iman also commit sin. It's just that what happens when you commit that sin? Do you repent immediately? Or you think, ah, it's no big deal. We'll see. I'm going to hopefully live past 80, then we'll think about it. Right? So that's, that's, that's the difference. Everyone is going to sin. It's what happens afterwards. So, when a person repents, what does Rasulullah Sallallahu say in hadith? لَاللَّهُ أَشَدُّ Allah is more happy with the repentance of His, of his servant. مِنْ أَحَدِكُمْ More than one of you, إِذَا سَقَطَ عَلَى بَعِيرِهِ قَدْ أَظَلَّهُ بِأَرْضٍ فَلَاتِ When you lost your fully laden camel with all your goods for the next one month through the desert. You lost all of it. It's like you... A camel, think about it, a camel or your boat, you're in Alaska, deep sea, fishing or you're Alaska, deep, you know, deep into the winterlands, you're going for a, spend the, you know, subhanAllah, summer out there. And you have all your goods in a ship, in a boat, sorry. And all of a sudden, subhanAllah, uh, it capsizes or, and the boat breaks and everything, food for us to one month you had, all gone. How, what would that do to you? So it's here, um, subhanAllah, a person can uh, think about that a person who lost everything, a person who lost everything in a desert, and then he wakes up, he, it comes in one hadith, he goes under a tree to peacefully die. He's going to die starvation, he's going to die out of thirst, malnutrition, dehydration, you name it. 
What, what can he do? There's nothing left. He lost it. He's in the middle of nowhere. So he literally goes under a tree waiting for death to come, hoping maybe a log will fall on him. He'll die quicker. All right? And then he wakes up and subhanAllah, all of a sudden, I have no idea how the camel came back with all his goods. Can you imagine how happy this person is going to be? And in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah is more happy, more happy than that person when a person repents. Is there any child? I mean, who says this, man? Who, which mother even says this? Which father says this? Which husband says this? Which wife says this? No one says this. This is only our Lord Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is one hadith Qudsi is mentioned. There is not a single day in which the sun doesn't rise. Except for the sky, the heavens call out, Ya Rabbi! Oh my Lord, give me permission, let me throw down something on this son of Adam. For indeed he has eaten your food and eaten all your blessings, but he refuses to be grateful to you. And the ocean say, Ya Rabbi, oh my Lord, give permission for me, an ibn Adam, that I can drown this son of Adam. Because he has enjoyed your blessings yet refuses to become grateful to you. And the mountains say, Ya Rabbi, O my Lord, give me permission that I may, I may fall upon the son of Adam. For indeed he has continued to enjoy your blessings yet refuses to be grateful to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them, leave them. If you were to have created them, you would have also been merciful towards them. But you didn't create them. Innahum ibadi. Indeed, they are my servants. If they repent to me, then I am their beloved. And if they don't repent, I am the one who, only one who can treat them. This is the gist of a hadith that Imam uh, Sha'rawi mentions in his tafsir. There are different narrations of it, the actual hadith. This is not the actual words of the hadith. But the gist of it has been shared with you. Subhanallah. In one hadith, the hadith from mentioned uh, by Imam Tabrani, is that, Kuffa an abdi, O the heavens and over the earth, hold back from my servant, wa amhilahu, and give him respite. Fa innakuma lam for indeed you too did not create him. Subhanallah. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is waiting. Ramadan is shortly away. It is time for us to not wait for Ramadan. I need to make tawbah tonight. We, all need, we don't know if we're going to make it. There was a janazah this morning, this dhuhr today. Subhanallah. <clears throat> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fill his grave with nur and grant him jannah to firdos. And I want to add that subhanallah, he was a classmate of mine. My first classmate to pass away. He was my classmate of mine from Islamic school. Right? And subhanallah, he just got married overseas, came back two days ago. Came back two days ago. He arrived in Subhanallah. Uh, two days later, after arrival, after getting married overseas, he passed away. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to grant his wife, his widow, patience, his mom and dad, patience, his siblings, patience, and all those who he left behind, patience. Sabr Jamil. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala make his his um, a death a means of forgiveness, uh, you know, for his parents as well for their sabr. May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala allow this this majlis of khair that we are participating in to become means of sadaqa jariya for him. I request you to read Qul Allah Hadith Ikhlas three times before you stand up, and make niyyah of isal thawab for uh, Shahid Ali, brother Shahid Ali, and all of you who are listening online also. Please kindly do that. This is the least we can do. Hopefully, when we pass away, someone will also remember us. Inshallah, wa Taala. So the idea is, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is waiting for a person right we don't know when our death is going to come let's not wait till ramadan let's make sincere tawbah right now 
And what's so interesting, a person, you know, you feel guilty. Say, I feel guilty to go. Many of the Tulab previous graduates say, I feel guilty to come talk to you, Shaykh. Right? Because, uh, brother, subhanAllah, this is the dunya. A person, this is all shaitan, by the way. This whole idea of let me not speak to the imam, let me not speak to the imam, the teacher, the Shaykh, my, my ustad, because I feel guilty. What are you talking about? Your ustad is not God. Okay? Right. What does Allah Himself say? Come back to me in order to make things easy for you. You know what He says? He says, if you do tawbah, I'll do tawbah. How about this? We both do tawbah. What does that mean? Both do tawbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word tawab for himself. So to say ishtiraq fil ism. That listen, I'm also doing tawbah. Means I'm going to turn my attention to you. You turn your attention to me, I'll turn my attention to you. You come say, ya Allah, I'm sorry. I say, no problem. Come. I forgive you. Allah is using the same word for himself to make it easy for us to come clean. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you need help, to get out of your mess, do not hesitate to speak to a scholar. Do not hesitate to speak to your maktab teacher, your Quran teacher from childhood. Go back. 20 years been there, no problem. Call him, text him, say, you know, I need to speak to you. How do I get out of this mess? To actually repent to Allah, you don't need anyone. But to figure out how do I get out of the pit I'm in? How do I break my bad habits? How do I break away bad relationships? How do I make up for what I have done? You need to get some advice. You don't need to get all into all the details of what has happened. Just speak about the main things and say how I need help in getting out of this mess. A person is stuck in a haram relationship. A person is stuck in, in, in a haram drug habit or, or whatever the case may be. It's, yani, subhanAllah, we're going to repent. We got that. You don't need to come to a shaykh to repent. But then how do I get out of that mess? You might need some professional assistance in that. And that's where, you know, the, the role of mentors and scholars and ulama comes in so the detail of this verse inshallah some more there's a lot to cover will be covered inshallah next week and uh, next week you know we'll have, we'll have the chai early so be ready to spend a little bit longer because next week will be our final tafsir before Ramadan right and we have to finish this surah as well so uh, we, we, we will encourage you to I'm letting you go a little bit early today so that you can, ha- you can come uh, with some you know uh, inshallah you know with some energy extra energy next week inshallah as we try to cover the entire surah to tahreem um, we can ask some uh, questions right now and as I, I said at the beginning that um, first of all if you, do not, if you do not get events if you do not um, uh, receive any of the reminders links to all of our programs Quickly, please scan the events group if you're not already in the events group. If you're not already in the events group, please scan it so you'll stay connected to all of our Ramadan. For tomorrow's our Ramadan announcement that we're going to be doing unveiling Ramadan 2024. Inshallah, if you're not, if you're from out of town, you can listen online. So please do quickly scan the events group uh, WhatsApp. And then, uh, if you want to send some questions, same four zero eight six eight three two. Please try to ask relevant questions as much as possible. 408-6832-slido.com And also want to mention, beloved brothers, before you leave, alhamdulillah, you know, uh, and you enjoy the tea and visit the bookstall and enjoy some company with each other. I also want to mention, alhamdulillah, we have uh, on the way out, there is a QR code by the shoe, and, by the shoe racks. This is for Ramadan iftar signups. So I encourage you, those of you who are here, please try to quickly take care of this. We do not want to wait till... Ramadan happens uh, for us to take care of it. We have uh, many different expenses that uh, you all can participate in. Uh, there's the iftar expenses, there's the security expenses, there's the garbage expenses. All these things are available. Um, I don't know if you can, if there's a QR code you can create for this. Sign up. 
So yeah, the, the cleaning expenses is a thousand thousand dollars. We have, we have mashallah two slots taken. We have fourteen slots left for cleaning expenses. For khatam night and eid expenses, we have um, twelve slots out of which eleven are left. Uh, for security, we have fifteen slots for a thousand dollars. Trash expenses, there are eight slots for a thousand each. Utilities, there's fifteen slots for a thousand each, and then uh, then the iftars start. So um, you can uh, you know I will we'll share it on the events group as well. Um, I'm not sure if I can, maybe from t- next week we'll have a, a QR code for it, but if there's something can be done now, I don't know, see if we can do something on that. Um, so, but re- I encourage you to please try your best to uh, participate right now, before, uh, for those of us who are list- here present and those who are listening, please participate in, in our, our uh, Ramadan expenses before Ramadan starts. Additionally, um, r- all of these programs that we're going to unveil tomorrow, which I told you is going to be beautiful, inshallah, requires not just money and participation from all of you to, as attendees, we need volunteers. So on this Sunday, March 2nd, for one hour, inshallah, we have a sister's Ramadan volunteer orientation. Inshallah, we'll have lunch also, we'll have great uh, presentation, and we'll have a chance for sisters to uh, find a role and a way to serve in the masjid. I know many of your daughters, your wives, your sisters, and many of the women who are here today listening to me online or on site, alhamdulillah, you have great intentions, you want to serve the house of Allah, you want to serve the community, but you don't know how. So this is an opportunity, Saturday, March 2nd, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m., followed by snacks and duhr, it's going to be held in the sisters' prayer hall, in the, you know, in the uh, second, pre- second floor. Uh, kindly spread this word and try your best to uh, attend, attend that event. I'm being also asked that there is uh, a request for Oud or Bukhur to burn in the month of Ramadan. So if anyone has uh, some, a, des- a desire to sponsor that or you would like to donate it yourself, you've got it at home, please meet the brother in the, uh, brothers in the office, Brother Yaqub, and you can uh, have a share of bringing beautiful fragrance to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. MashaAllah. I can't imagine the rewards for these small, small things. You know, it might just be $100, but a way that making sure that when people come to the masjid, they, they, uh, they feel enlightened and refreshed by, um, alhamdulillah, these small khidmah in that, we're, that all of us, alhamdulillah, are participating in. InshaAllah. Do you have any questions? You said don't let children move out So even after your son is married They should move out <laughs> Okay <laughs> Now you have to listen to the, the whole context Is that what we're speaking about? What was I speaking about? Yeah what was that? Was it for married kids? No. That, was the, that was when the children become disobedient Right when the children become disobedient to you Or disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And they say okay you know what I, I, I'm done I'm, 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 I'm on the way out so then you, out of anger, you, you know, old days, the dad would say, oh, you know, if you don't listen to me, I'll kick you out of the house. Today, they say, dad, I won't even wait you to say it. I'll say it before you say it, right? That I'm leaving. That's what we're trying to say. There's danger right now. Danger that if a child becomes disobedient, don't trip the fuse and just say, get out. Because that's exactly what they will do. And the harm will be uh, very difficult to reverse. Is it wrong to be afraid of Allah punishing your dunya when asking for forgiveness? Should we only ask for akhirah when seeking forgiveness? No. We should ask for forgiveness in dunya and akhirah and for betterment of dunya and akhirah. This is not about what we think is right, but rather how our deen teaches us. Any tips or strategies? Okay. Man. Um, with all the fitness during divorces that you see, do you recommend prenups? Yes, I do recommend prenuptial agreements. This is safety for both sides. Any tips, strategies to help memorize and retain information, whether it's be Quran, Sarf, and Nahu? 
The more you repeat it, the more it will be. Brothers, please move forward. All those who are leaving, also they're leaving some gaps. I request you to please move forward, inshallah. We still have dhikr and dua. So keep on repeating it. And they say the old tip we learned from when our childhood days, Quran memorization time, is before you go to bed, prepare. Like you sow the, sow the seeds in the night, or fertilize it, you know, in the night. Read it a couple dozen times, as much as you can, that same page. And then go to sleep with it. And then in the morning, wake up at the Hajjah time, before Fajr, and then focus on it without, without any distractions, without the phone. MashaAllah, the Hajjah time is amazing time for memorization on the condition that you're also getting some good sleep. So for those of you who have exam tomorrow, don't try to cram all night, right? Alhamdulillah, work and then go to sleep early and then wake up early and, and, and re, uh, review everything after tahajjud. Can I move out if my parents are religious? I mean, you, even if your parents are not religious, you will get your jannah by serving them. So as long as they're not putting a gun to your head and not allowing you to practice deen, that's a different thing, which more than likely is not happening. Like that type of, uh, that type of difficulty. So stay and do khidmah and try to follow your own, yani when it comes to your own personal life, follow the deen. How do we ensure the friends of our children are good for them? Uh, you have to see, full check, the house, the mother of the, your friends, your child's friend's mother, your child's friend's father, your child's friend's home, environment. You know, people used to, I mean, that's how they used to do. People would go visit the, par, the house of your, their son's friend. I mean, that was really what used to happen. Come over, let's go, let's go check out, let's go have tea at your friend's house or whatever. A person would, get an, would, would learn about what the environment is at that house. But nowadays that doesn't help because the, the friendship is not in the home, it's a whole virtual world. So a person may be very upright at, some, at the home but will be complete opposite of that in the virtual world, world. So we have to sit and teach our children the harms of being connected virtually to every single person there. And just to say, if you want to have interactions with friends, please have it in person. Just texting away social media, using social media to connect with people is, we don't know what you're getting yourself into, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. A person who wants to leave sin you're stuck in, and this was again, please listen to the talk after Salatul Asr from uh, the No Tech Retreat. One of many times where I have explained how to go about doing that, the strategy, inshallah, which starts off from recognizing what's the cause of that, what's the source of that, distancing yourself from the source of it. If you're with the source, you're not going to be able to give up the sin. How to speak to people who are addicted to social media like TikTok or YouTube shorts. I mean, if you're one of those, if you're talking about, a lot of people say how to talk to people, but they mean talk to themselves. So if you are talking about yourself, it's easy. You have to, uh, easy in the sense that if you have the willpower to do it, that's it. You have to simply, you know, put on, put on a, a, what you call a password, password protect your phone from these things and have someone else type, put in a password. Where all these things are parental locked, you have no access to YouTube, and you have no access. Yeah, you say, oh, I can't listen to the tafsir. The tafsir is uploaded on Mixler and what you call it, what? iTunes. And I don't know about Mixler, but a whole bunch of different, I think Spotify, there's like five, six platforms it's uploaded on. So although it's not live on there, but it gets uploaded, I think, by the next day. So, I mean, YouTube, if you're ending up misusing it, then don't be on it, right? So a person needs to utilize, when, you're, when you say, I'm an addict, then you need to ask someone to say, please remove the beer bottles from front of me and don't let me come near it. That's what it is. A person needs to say that, please stay away, keep me away from, um, uh, from my phone. And, and what you call, I need to stay away from it. People are asking me, is it okay to be a lawyer? I mean, if you, like anything else, it's a profession is not problematic, it's how you use a profession. If you use it properly, it could be, it could be good. Um, I, I definitely, we, I, I, we need good Muslims who are great lawyers, mashallah. 
that's a huge need. Can we have a weekly Q&A session like we did three years ago? We had every one hour every Sunday, inshallah. I will share this with Bafti bin Haj and others. Um, what's the status of Murtad who accepts Islam again? Uh, his sins will be forgiven. However, his nikah needs to be redone. His hajj needs to be redone. How do you build love for the Prophet ﷺ? By increasing salawat upon the Prophet ﷺ and by leading, reading his seerah and by following his sunnah to the best of your ability. How do we take care of our deen that fluctuates so much? We have to make sure that we stick around with some, uh, you know, what you call people who push our iman up. Like we have our daily vitamins. We need to have a daily dose of salah with jama'ah with a khatirah. Daily dose of spending time, quality time with a good practicing Muslim. How do you gain confidence in public speaking? Any dua for that? Rabbi shahli sadri wa sirli amri wa halu uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli The same thing which I read every morning, every day, Tuesday. Subhanak la ilma lana illa ma'alamtana inna kanta al-alimul hakim. Those duas, there is one tafsir I spoke, I spoke about 15-20 minutes on just these two verses and why I usually start it off. It's somewhere there. But it's one of those tafsirs where I spoke about it for 15-20 minutes on why we speak about the, why we recite these duas, what's the benefit of it. Waking up for the night for tahajjud salah. Um, this also was mentioned in the post-Asr talk. I think so in the no tech retreat which would be putting on multiple alarm going to sleep early making an intention of waking up for tahajjud drinking lots of water sleeping on the floor all right uh, putting on multiple alarms with annoying alarms putting them far away from you um, and then performing two rakat salah or four rakat salah before you go to bed with the niyyah of tahajjud and asking Allah to allow us to wake up before fajr as well process of sending reward of the quran is simply recite and you say, yani you make niyyah, Ya Allah, or in Arabic, you don't have to say in Arabic, Allah, allow the reward of what I recited to be reaching so and so. And when you recite, when you do Isa al-Thawab, make niyyah of the entire ummah of Rasulullah. What are the things to help with people who are infected, as mentioned earlier? They, um, well, it depends on what infection and how advanced it is. But recognizing that, in, that speaking is not the best solution. You need to do something beyond that. Removing them from the source of infection, this is a key thing. Bringing them into a spiritually uplifting environment is very important. A lot of the times, infections you know, will get cured simply by, uh, if it's not a very bad infection, what happens? You just bring them in an environment like this, where you're sitting in right now, and a person himself realizes, oh, man, what am I doing? I'm crazy. Why am I involved in this sin? And he himself will repent. He doesn't need to be told. So, when people fall into sin, many times it's because they have forgotten what they're doing. They don't realize it. They know it, but they don't realize how big of a problem it is. And they need a spiritually uplifting environment to recognize their flaws. Like a person goes for Umrah, hopefully it's beneficial. Similarly, a person comes to a dars, i'tikaf program, Ramadan is coming. Coming to one program in Ramadan, fasting and then coming for Asr to Maghrib here. These are ways to help infected people. Instead of telling them you're infected, which will not help. What if you don't feel like a repentance? What, what if you feel like a repentance is not sincere? Should you still try to repent? Yes. What does it mean you don't feel it's sincere? If you are repenting saying that inshallah I'm going to do this like a sin tomorrow again, well then that's not sincere. That's fake. But if you say, Ya Allah, I definitely don't want to do this. And you're scared you may fall into it. Okay. You're, you're, you're scared you're going to fall into it. Then that's still sincere.
How do I know that my du'as are being accepted or answered if I'm not seeing immediate results in front of me? My beloved brother or sister, the du'a's acceptance is not based on what immediately getting what you ask for. We know this, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. if every du'a of his got accepted, he would never get hurt. His, he wouldn't lose his children. Which person would want to lose his kids? Why would he have to bury six out of his seven children? So not everything you want, you'll get in this life. But you have to keep on making dua, because dua is never, you'll never lose in dua. Either you'll get what you ask for, either a sin will be, either a musibah will be removed from your, from your life that was about to come to you, a difficulty. Or third thing, for every dua, every dua that you didn't get what you asked for in this dunya, Allah will give you huge upgrades in the akhirah. Right? So it's a win-win-win situation. What if someone should do if someone asked to come for jury duty even though he or she doesn't know who's lying? You need to make, like Rasulullah what did he do? He said, I'm making a decision based on the proof. But if, it didn't deserve, if, you, didn't, if you did not deserve this and you're lying, the, the onus is on you. So when you are asked to be a jury, uh, to join the jury, you, you make your best decision. You make your best judgment. A premarital counseling definitely is highly recommended, must, I won't say highly recommended, must, must, must. Two things, if a, ta- a, a, um, a fiqh of marriage and divorce course, a course, necessary, mandatory, and number two, premarital counseling, extremely necessary. What should a husband do if his wife asks him to stop reading Audhu Billah Mustafarajim because she says you're thinking of me to be a Satan? Shaitan. So, Audhu Billah Mustafarajim should be said, said you're, we should all recite it to control our own anger. To control our own anger. That's the key thing. And if you feel that you, there's anger in the person in front of you, then don't say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. Right? And say, Allah. I'm turning to you because dua can be done from the heart. Recite, say, Allah, I seek protection from the shaitan that's causing this fight between us. It's so important. Alarms, smart lights, no window shades. I can't wake up on time no matter what. How can I improve on this? And he's titled Sleeper. Well, maybe you should change that name to Waker. Huh? That'll help because names have effects. Um, one thing I will suggest is that you remember the sevens? I've spoken about the sevens before, right? The seven, uh, I, so I will say it again for if you didn't hear it before. Seven salawat, seven surah fatiha, seven ayatul kursi, seven quraish. Oh, sorry, seven ayatul kursi, seven quraish, and seven four quls. And then seven salawat. Salawat at the beginning and the end, and then fatiha, ayatul kursi, quraish, and the four qul. So you recite each, each one of those seven times, blow it on your hands and wipe off your body and blow on a bottle of water like that. And you do seven, seven. Once you finish each time you do one verse, I mean one like Surah Nas or Surah Falak or Ayatul Kursi, you blow on your hands, wipe over your body like we do before we go to bed, and blow on a bottle of water. Once you've done the entire thing, that's one set. We should try to do between three to five sets with this specific intention that, Ya Allah, whatever doesn't allow me to wake up, please remove that. Inshallah, I want next week, you should, you should please, Mr. Sleeper, I want, or Mr. Sleeper, please uh, message on this group, if you want, to this Q&A, and say, Alhamdulillah, it worked. I'm sure, if you listen to what my advice, between now and next week, you will be, uh, uh, you will be able to, inshallah, overcome this problem. Say, inshallah, all of you for him or her. And all of us who might be going through this problem, this is your advice, my advice to you. Try the sevens, and it will be, inshallah, ta'ala, extremely beneficial for this, as well as, uh, you know, any other issue that you might be going through.
Any tips on helping kids to love the Quran while they're going through the challenging task of memorizing the Quran? One thing is to go over the stories of the Quran. Whatever they're reciting, a tafsir of the Quran. It's very important to see, you know, for like this tafsir session, I want Hif's kids to listen, right? If he's 12, 13 year old, what am I saying that's so over the top? So if they know what they're memorizing, if they start building the connection, then they'll start realizing how important Quran is. Otherwise, they don't. So making, introducing them to the tafsir of the Quran, I think is really important and beautiful for them to fall in love with it. Um, also, reminding them all the time that, you know what, you're going to get great reward for this. This is beneficial. But uh, I'm not forcing you. You're doing it out of your own will. There are great rewards for you. You're not doing it for me. This is for your jannah. Don't do it for my, what you call, uh, crown. If I'm getting a crown as a mom and dad, what you gonna get, man? So don't say I do it because I know kids say that I did it for my dad's crown and I'm stuck with this. I will be No, you're not doing it for your dad's crown. You're doing it for your for your own amazing gifts that Allah will give you. What if you're losing faith in people because of bullying? May Allah make it easy for you. But people are people have a lot of people have nafs and shaitan. Unfortunately, people are mean, my dear brother, sister. There's a lot of bullying happening in the world. What you see in Israel is what do you see? The next degree of bullying. So don't lose faith in people. There's a lot of people who are uh, being bullied as well. Um, you should probably address it. If you're at work, address it by H- to your HR. If you're at school, address it to the counselors or the admin and explain what's happening. There's no reason for you to be quietly suffering. As much as you don't want to speak up, but it, if you do not get it addressed, it can have long-lasting effects um, on you. MashaAllah, we could try to cover, but there's mashallah, a lot of questions today. Alhamdulillah, if, if something was beneficial, it was, it was uh, from Allah. If I made mistakes, may Allah forgive me. I want all of you brothers here to look up, up here. MashaAllah, quickly our QR code was created. If all of you can take a moment and scan this QR code, I would um, encourage you, please, because this is a way that all of you can be, um, uh, what you call, um, participate in our expenses. All right? MashaAllah, one brother said, I would like to donate $100 for the Urud anonymously. He says, please, um, it will be a secret. Okay, MashaAllah. Allah accept it, brother. Whatever it is, yes, I will find out, inshaAllah. Anyone here supplies Urud? Then we can connect you guys both, inshaAllah. Whoever's a. Yeah, you do, right? Don't you? You don't sell Urud? You don't sell Urud? Yeah, okay. Right, so I'll connect them to you, inshallah. So, alhamdulillah. So these are the other expenses that we have. Please scan, scan it and participate in anything you want. Spread it. Spread the link with your family and friends. Let's try our best, inshallah, to please get this covered uh, by the, before the first of Ramadan. Right? Sisters, brothers, please take that scan, inshallah. And I mentioned the authority of Sunnah Mufti Taqi Uthmani is available outside what the talk he gave in Chicago in 1989. Alhamdulillah. And number two, there's a beautiful book called Sharia and Tariqa. We had, we had in the new No Tech Retreat, we had the f- Sunday morning Fajr Dars from here. And this is a book by Sheikh Zakaria Al-Khandalwi that talks about how Tazkiyah and the aspect of rectification of the soul is strongly connected to Sharia, the fiqh. Sometimes people think, oh, there's, I'm going to focus on just on being Sufi without worrying about the fiqh. And some people say, hey, brother, this whole thing is all bid'ah. I, who said about spirituality? We've got to focus on just the do's and the don'ts. No. These are two hand in hand. You have to have both of them. If you have just one and the other, you're not following the deen properly. And this is one of the final books by Sheikh Zakir Al-Kandalwi, where he spoke about, uh, with, with proofs, explains from the pious predecessors, history and rationale, to remove the confusion uh, about the, inner, the, the relationship between external and internal sciences. 
And the third book that we wanted to uh, highlight today is called Qasdus Sabil, The Straight Path Simplified. This is an outstanding, mashallah, translation, publication by Noor Publications, Sheikh Tamim, mashallah, it's an amazing book. Look at this, how it came out, alhamdulillah. And so what, what is that, I'm going to read it. Whether a person refers it to Tazkiyah or Suluk, most believers have an inherent desire to tread the path of seeking Allah's pleasure. Though many eagerly embark upon this path, some make serious blunders along the way, causing them to stray due to a lack of essential knowledge. Others, though they continue to strive, may miss the goal, leaving them disillusioned and frustrated. Some may even reach the objective, but not having the requisite understanding to realize it. They are left despondent and overcome with spiritual fatigue. To save people from these pitfalls, there was an immense need to clarify the true meaning and objective, and objective of the spiritual path. The scholar that you hear me many times mentioning, Hakib al-Ummah, the sage of the Ummah, Mawlana Shaitan rahmatullahi authored a simple treatise that highlights the essential principles of suluk, treading the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is three things that I've highlighted. I hope they are of benefit to all of us, inshallah. Allahumma salli wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa sallam La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam La ilaha illallah 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 لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد 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 صلى الله عليه وسلم 
اللهم انت السلام انك السلام وضاره ايد الجلال والكرام اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك رب اغفر وارحم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم اللهم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد اذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمه انك انت الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا المتقين اماما ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واسرافنا في امرنا وثبت اقدامنا وانصرنا على قوم الكافرين اللهم ربنا اغفر لنا ذنوبنا واسرافنا في امرنا بتقدامنا وانصرنا على الكافرين رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا رب ارحمهما كما ربياني صغيرا لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين لا اله الا انت سبحانك اني كنت من الظالمين اللهم اصلح لنا ديننا الذي هو عصبه امرنا واصلح لنا دنيانا التي فيها معاشنا واصلح لنا اخرتنا التي فيها معادنا واجعل الحياه زياده لنا في كل خير واجعل الموت راحه لنا من كل شر اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين واحفظ الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر المستضعفين من المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم انصر إخواننا في فلسطين اللهم حرر المسجد الأقصى اللهم احفظ مسجد الأقصى اللهم احفظ الحرمين الشريفين اللهم يا حي يا قيوم من أراد بالإسلام والمسلمين خيرا فوفق لكل خير ومن أراد بالإسلام والمسلمين شرا فجعل كيده في نحره اللهم إنا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم اللهم إنا نجعلك في نحورهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم أو الله all those who are who heard partially partially or heard all of it from the beginning to the end those who wanted to come but were not able to come those who are facilitating by inviting others by by serving the tea by serving the snacks oh allah those who are behind the scenes working so hard every day and every night ya allah to make the programs of the masjid run smoothly among the sister side amongst the brother side the volunteers the staff the students oh allah those students who have exams tomorrow yet they are serving today ya allah we ask you allah to reward and bless each and every one of us ya allah oh allah those who had came from a long day at work long day at school yet they have come from far and wide, Ya Allah, to attend or to listen at home. O oh Allah, we ask you to allow them to gain from these programs and these durus more than they're expecting, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, grant them, Ya Allah, qubuliyah and acceptance. Grant their progeny qubuliyah and acceptance. O oh Allah, O oh Allah, if you accepted us, then everything will fall into place. O oh Allah, we beg you for acceptance. We beg you for acceptance for the khidmah and the service of deen. O oh Allah, we beg you to protect our progeny from falling into kufr and shirk. We beg you to protect ourselves and our spouses from falling into kufr and shirk. O oh Allah, we beg you to protect all of our extended families from falling into the fitna of Dajjal. O oh Allah, we beg you, we beg you, Allah, from falling into all sorts of confusions of the era, O Allah, from all sorts of addictions of the era, O Allah, anyone who's addicted to any type of sin, be it negligence towards salah, negligence towards zakah, negligence to protecting the gaze, negligence from protecting the ears, negligence in towards their parents, negligence towards their spouse, negligence towards their children, O Allah, whatever major or minor sin any one of us are involved in, we ask you, Allah, to make it easy for all of us to recognize and realize our mistakes and sins. O Allah, whether it's sins of our body or sins of our heart, or sins of our, or, of our limbs or sins of our heart, O Allah, we 
we ask you to grant us all complete realization of our mistakes. O Allah, save us from be- being delusioned and thinking of ourselves to be righteous and pious. O Allah, make it very easy for all of us to recognize our flaws and faults. When someone points it out to us, make it easy for us to accept it, Ya Allah, to accept the truth, Ya Allah. Save us from narcissism, save us from arrogance, save us from denying the truth. O Allah, make us all humble, make us all humble, Ya Allah. Make us all aware of our faults, make us all aware of our weaknesses. Allow us to work on them, allow us to work on them, Ya Allah. Allow us to work on our weaknesses, allow us to repent from our major and minor sins. Those who are committed by day, those who are committed by night, those who are committed once, those who have been committed many times. O oh Allah, no one can protect us from sin besides you. La hawla wa la quwwata illa bik. La hawla wa la quwwata illa bik. There's no one to protect us from sin. No one could inspire us to do good except for you, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, we beg you, Ya Allah, to put massive walls between us and your, and your disobedience, Ya Allah. And bring us all close to your obedience, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, the remaining days of Sha'ban, allow us to spend it in the most fruitful manner. Allow all of us to start our Quran readings, Ya Allah. O Allah, allow us all to focus on our reading our Quran excessively. O Allah, and dhikr excessively. Salah with jama'ah as much as possible. Ya Allah, fill up our masajid, Ya Allah, before Ramadan. O Allah, please save us from becoming Ramadani Muslims. Save us from becoming Ramadani Muslims. O Allah, allow us to be Muslims throughout the entire year. O Allah, allow whatever is the, the horrors of, of Palestine to wake the ummah up. O Allah, allow, us, allow this, Ya Allah, if this does not get people into the masjid, then what will? If this situation does not get people to make dua, what will? If this situation does not wake us up from our slumber, then what will? O Allah, we beg you, we beseech your forgiveness for the, for the genuine, Ya Allah, apathy of the ummah, Ya Allah. O Allah, the inability for the ummah to stand up and go to, the, to your house. The inability for the ummah to stand up and pray two rakat salah and beg, beg your, for your mercy, Ya Allah. O Allah, we forgive you, we seek your forgiveness for the, sleep, for the, sleepless, the, the sleeping of the ummah, Ya Allah. For the heedlessness of the ummah, Ya Allah. O Allah, guide the non-Muslims and guide the Muslims, Ya Allah. O Allah, we ask you, Ya Allah, to grant us all the nur of ilm, the nur of sunnah. O Allah, inspire us to follow the sunnah in every aspect of our life, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, whatever is shared and said, O oh Allah, make it easy for the speaker and the listeners all to put into practice. Make it easy for all of us of whatever we're struggling in terms of fara'id. O oh Allah, make it easy for us to overcome our struggles and become extremely regular and punctual in our fara'id, Ya Allah. Make it easy for all of us to come pray our Fajr and Isha in the Masjid, Ya Allah. Make it easy for us to pray Fajr and Isha in the Masjid, Ya Allah. Make it easy for us to pray our Fajr and Isha in the Masjid, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, make it easy for us to take time out to read Quran and do dhikr every single day, Ya Allah. Make it easy for all of us to do khidmah of our parents every day, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, make it easy for us to raise each and every one of our children in the most proper, appropriate manner, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, we ask you to allow us to raise our children in the most appropriate manner, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, all those who lost their children, O oh Allah, toward, towards various isms, O oh Allah, or whose the children have run away from their homes, O oh Allah, we beg you to bring them all back, Ya Allah. Bring them all back, Ya Allah. Bring all those children, lost children of the Ummah, to bring them back to Iman, Ya Allah. Bring them back to Islam, Ya Allah. O oh Allah, whoever's got whatever need or desire, we ask you to grant them full acceptance, Ya Allah. Fulfill their desires and needs, Ya Allah. Subhanallah, Inshallah, since next week is the final one, I encourage all of you to try your best to bring a few more friends for the next Tuesday night's uh, tafsir of Tahrim. This will be the final one before Ramadan, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Inshallah, if you can recite three times Surah Ikhlas on your way out and make niyyah of Brother Shahid Ali Isal uh, al-Thawab as well as the entire ummah. Jazakumullah khair. A'udhu billahi minshtanu alayhi. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Qul Allah ahad. Allahu samad. Dami yaridu wa nabi yaridu wa nabi kullahu kufu wa nahad. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Qul Allah ahad. Allahu samad. Dami yaridu wa nabi yaridu wa nabi kullahu kufu wa nahad. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Qul Allah ahad. Allahu samad. Dami yaridu wa nabi yaridu wa nabi kullahu kufu wa nahad. Allahumma asul fi wa maqalana. Ayyallahu rahashad. Bi rahmatika.